0: You know, there's been a lot going on in our church, in our state, in our nation. We have come through an election. It's it's been crazy, the the things that have gone on, even in in Washington this past week. And I, I know that there are a lot of people who are troubled by these things. And so as I was thinking about this message, I thought about times when God's people were troubled. They had troubled hearts. And we actually today have some information from Jesus himself as what to do when your hearts are troubled. And so the title of this message is Troubled Hearts, Open Minds. And so I just pray and hope that you will have an open mind as we move forward Uh, as we consider how to be the church that God has called us to be. So we're going to be looking today, and our main text is the very last chapter of Luke, Luke 24. And we're going to be looking at verses 36 through 49. Now let me tell you that this is the very end of Luke, which then really kind of goes right into the book of Acts. But before Luke is done, he has some important information to share on that day that Sunday, Easter Sunday, where Jesus came back to life. So one of the things that Luke tells is about Jesus meeting two disciples who were on the road to Emmaus. And they're, they're troubled, they're downcast, they're hurting. And Jesus comes along, he talks with them, he unloads the scriptures, and, and pretty soon, I, I love this verse that says, their hearts were strangely warm. And that's what we need today. We, we have troubled hearts and troubled minds about what's going on in our nation, what's going on in our church, what's going on around us, what's really going on in the world. And Jesus comes along and says things to encourage us, to help us through these times. And one of the very specific things that he wants to do for you is to open your mind so that by the Scripture, by his presence, you can overcome a troubled heart. So I don't know if you have a troubled heart today. If you do, I want you to know this message is especially for you. If you don't have particularly a troubled heart, but you know someone who has a troubled heart around you, then this message is especially for you too. So let's pray together. Lord, I just ask that you would be with us as a congregation, be with us as a nation. Uh, Let this scripture speak to our hearts and minds today. And may we know through all of this, by your words, that everything's going to be okay because you got this. We put our trust in you, Jesus. Amen. So let's take a look at our scripture today, Luke 24, beginning at verse 36. And just as they were telling about it, telling about what? It was the two from Emmaus immediately came back to Jerusalem and began to share with the other disciples that they had seen Jesus. So just as they were sharing about this, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. And he says this, Peace be with you. And, and the whole group was startled, and, and they were frightened, and they were thinking it was a ghost. And Jesus says, why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me. Make sure that I'm not a ghost. Because ghosts don't have bodies, and you can see that I do. And as he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet, and still they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and filled with wonder, but in disbelief. And then he asked them, do you have anything to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he ate it as they watched. Well, that was it. He could eat fish, and that proved that he was alive. (laughs) Verse 44. Then he said, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law, the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Let me just point out that the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms, that's pretty much the whole Old Testament. That's all the scriptures. So what he's saying is the whole Old Testament, all that prophecy, everything about me is going to be fulfilled. Then this is a key verse. I love this. Verse 45 of Luke 24 says this, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. You know, it's like they didn't quite get it, and finally he comes back from the dead, he's alive again, and he, he, he unpacks this information for them, so, so that they can get it. Yes, he said, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die, and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the, the authority of the name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. The authority of his name was what they were to share. And it was to begin in Jerusalem, and there, here's the message. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent, and you are witnesses to all these things. And now I will send you the Holy Spirit, just as my father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. So this is a great passage of scripture. It's one of those times when Jesus is there to help them. And you can see their troubled hearts. You can see the... the fear and the concern that they have. And what does he do? Well, I want to share with you uh, several things, four things that, that Jesus does in this moment with them. The first thing, and you might want to write this down, is he gives peace. And that's what we should do. We should give people peace, give them a blessing. That was a common Jewish blessing in the day. Uh, peace be with you. And, you know, I don't know that we do that very often, that we wish well on people, that we wish them peace. But that's a wonderful opportunity that, that Jesus gives us and that we can give to others. Give peace. Uh, think about what it says in Hebrews thirteen twenty. Now may the God of peace, who br- who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood. May he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. And because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, we can now have this peace. We can have Peace with God. But look at what Romans 5.1 says. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. So we have peace with God, but we can also now enjoy the peace of God. Philippians 4.6 and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. We have peace with God and we have the peace of God. Give peace. Peace, give peace to those around you who are fretting, who are troubled. Give them peace. You have received peace, pass it on. Number two, the second thing that Jesus does for them and that we can do for others is to give assurance. Jesus says, look at me, see me, touch me. First John 1.1 says, John is writing to people and this is another generation now. Uh, John's older, and he writes, and he says, we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning. He's talking about Jesus, whom we have heard and seen. Now, you haven't heard him and seen him, but but I did. I, I heard him and, and saw him. That's what John's saying. We saw him with our own eyes, and we touched him with our own hands, and he is the word of life. He is God's very message to us. You see, Jesus was real. He was alive. He was actually with them. He had the scars to prove it. Now, I want to remind you, when when you have a wound, later on you look at that and, and when it heals, there's still a scar. That reminds you of that wound. But the wound isn't there. The wound's probably not bothering you anymore because it's healed. It's been healed. It's been, you've been touched. And I'll tell you, scars are a reminder to us of wounds, but they're also a reminder of healing and of hope and of a return to normalcy. The Bible uh, commentary says this. With our limited knowledge, we cannot explain how a human body can be solid flesh and bones and still pass through closed doors and appear or, and disappear. Or how it can be glorified and still carry the marks of the cross. You see, Jesus shows them the wounds. He shows them his hands and his feet, his side. And in that, they can see that it's him. And yet, he's alive. There is assurance of new life. We don't know that... that, Well, we know that one day we will be like him, even though we don't really understand this glorified being, and that, that actually we will share in his glory. Listen to what John wrote in 1 John 3, 2. Dear friends... We are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. You know, we have assurance that Jesus died and that he came back to life. There were like over 500 people that saw him alive after he died. And that gives us assurance too. Just as John, the Apostle John, was giving assurance to that next generation of believers, hey, I saw him. I touched him. It's real. We can do that too. Give yourself that assurance. Give that assurance to others. The third thing, that Jesus gives these disciples that day is joy. And we have the wonderful opportunity to also give others joy, the joy of the Lord. Now, it says here that they had disbelief, and yet they had joy and wonder. How can you have joy and wonder and disbelief all at the same time? It's just—it's amazing. And and they're there, they're, they're seeing this, but they can't believe it. It's too good to be true. Now, I have learned that if something seems too good to be true, it's probably not true. But here with Jesus, it was true. And, and they enjoyed that moment because he was there. He was alive. And, and they had that moment of perplexing joy. They, they had joy, and yet they needed faith. Faith is joyful. When you have joy, and it's the joy of the Lord, enjoy it. You know, it, this reminds us of what happened to Jacob. He had heard years before that his favorite son, Joseph, had been killed. And then his, the brothers of Joseph go down, and they, they discover that Joseph is alive. They had sold him into slavery, thought he was dead, and yet he's alive. And he, and he saves his family. As, what a great indication of Jesus saving his family. But look at what happened. This is Genesis 45, 25. This is when Jacob hears that his son, Joseph, is alive. Verse 25. And they left Egypt and returned to their father. That's Joseph's brother. And they found Jacob in the land of Canaan and they said Joseph is still alive they told him and he's the governor of all of the land of Egypt and Jacob was here's the word he was stunned wouldn't you be stunned at that news he couldn't believe it but they when, when they repeated to Jacob everything that Joseph had told them and when they saw the wagons that Joseph had had sent to to carry him their their fathers spirits revived. They lifted. And, and Jesus had told his disciples that they would rejoice when they saw him again. And that promise was fulfilled. This was in John 16, 22. Jesus said, so you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice. And no one can rob you of that joy. No one can rob you of the joy that Christ would bring to you. You know what? These tough times would like to suck all the joy out of your life. Don't let anyone rob you of the joy of the Lord. We're not talking about the joy of the world. We're talking about a happiness beyond our uh, earthly realms. And there are joy suckers out there. And, and sadly, even some of them are in the church. You know, something good happens and they just want to bemoan about it. And Oh, yeah, well, that's okay for now, but what's going to happen next? You know, Some people just can't enjoy the moment. They can't enjoy. When we put our faith in the Lord, we may not understand it all. And yet, we can still experience the joy. And we can share that joy with others give joy let jesus give it to you and then you give it to others okay one, one more this is number 4 jesus gives these disciples something that day that is very special he gives them permission to believe he he he, he opens their mind give yourself permission to believe give yourself the freedom in christ Have faith. Let God open your mind. Now, when we study the Scriptures, the Holy Spirit gives us understanding. But we must give God permission to open our minds. It's not about what you think. It's not even about you. It's about God. It's all about God. So get out of the way and let God do His thing. Now remember this, believers are not sent into the world to share their own personal experiences, but to share the truths of God that they have found to be true in their own lives. It's not about you and what you've experienced, it is, is it about what, it's about what God has done and you have seen. I love this. This is uh, 1 John 1, 2. John's now telling these same, he calls them children, these same people, another generation, they were not alive when Jesus was alive, even in his resurrected life. But here's what John says to them. This Jesus, this one, who is life itself, was revealed to us, and we've seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father, and then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And our true fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. John then says this, this is verse 4. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. Well, we have something that we like to say around this church, and that is that we are called to live love. And that, We're called to give people peace, not human peace. That's just the absence of conflict. We're talking about the peace of God, a blessing. Give people peace. Let God give you peace and then give that peace away. Give assurance. Let, let the assurance of God's word and, and the testimonies of others, of believers, Give you assurance for your faith and then you give that assurance to others. Just like John did, just like Bible study leaders do, just like pastors try to do. That's what we're to do. Give people the assurance that God loves them, that God forgives their sin and that God wants them to have eternal life. And give joy. Receive that joy of the Lord and then give it away. And and when you do, You have understanding. Joy and understanding are yours as you open yourself up to God, as you allow God to transform you. And with God, you can handle anything. So share the joy, the peace, the assurance, and give yourself permission to let God open your mind to the things he has in store for you. Not just for you, but so that you too can give it away. That's what we're to do. And this is a time in our world when there's a lot of people who are hurting and fretting and fearful. And now is the time for the church to say, it doesn't matter who's in charge. God is still the one who has it all, In his hand. And that ought to be very good news for you to give away. God bless you as you take this message of hope and joy, peace, of, of salvation, of forgiveness, and of understanding and spread it around. Because there's a lot of people right now that need it. And maybe you need it too. Would you just bow your heads with me and let's pray together. Well, Father, we thank you for what you did when you sent Jesus. And we thank you for the way he taught and for all the lessons that we have learned along the way. But most of all, what he did for us in dying on the cross so that we could be forgiven, so that we could have life. And along the way, in him coming back to life, let us know that we, too, have a resurrection in our future. And all of this doesn't really matter that much because you got this. You've got it. And so we can live, even in these troubled times, with hearts of peace, and joy, and understanding. Oh, Lord, help us to have that assurance that comes from you, only from you. And help us in this time, in this day, in this age, to share that good news with others. You're the one that gives it to us so that we can give it away. May it be so. Help us to live your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you today. I encourage you to read over this scripture and to be encouraged by it. God lo- loves you, and God wants you to be a blessing and share his love with others. May it be so.